Welcome to Pigs in Jewish Law and Lore with Pardes faculty member Rabbi Dr. Levy Cooper, a Pardes North America podcast series. Join Levy on an intellectual journey exploring various topics related to pigs and Judaism. And now, here's the Magid of Melbourne himself, Levy Cooper. This is Levy Cooper coming to you from Frankfurt am Main. We've been discussing the future of the pig. And in the previous episode, we saw how various authorities, beginning in the Middle Ages, cite a midrash that says that in the future, at the end of days, God will return the pig to the Jewish people. And even though we can't find a source, a written source in the midrash for that statement, Nonetheless, many authorities accepted it, commented on it, and tried to justify it. One approach that we saw suggested that in the future, the pig as we know it will not be the same as the current pig. Currently, pigs have split hooves but do not chew their cud, and therefore they are not kosher. In the future, they will evolve such that they will chew their cut and have split hooves, and that is how they will be kosher. Nature will change. The Torah, Jewish law, will remain constant. Since the last episode, I found a fascinating approach, a different approach, by a scholar who is not well known, Rav Arya, Rav Yehuda Arya Leib, who passed away in the year 1729 in his book, Leviatchen or Yekarot. And he cites the Midrash. Why is the Chazir called a Chazir? Because the Chazir will return, Chazir, the root of the word Chazir, Chet Zayin Resh, Lachzor, return, the Chazir will return to its original permissive state. And Rav Yehuda Arya Leib asked, why would, out of all things that are not kosher, why would the Almighty choose specifically to allow us to eat pork. Moreover, asks Rav Yehuda Aryaleib in his work Leviatchen or Yekarot, what does it mean that the pig will return to its original state of being permitted? When do we find that the pig was ever permitted after the giving of the Torah. What does it mean it will return to its original state of being permitted? And Rav Yehuda Aryaleib explains that the Talmud says that whatever was permitted, sorry, whatever was forbidden, God, the Torah, 
Jewish law permitted something that corresponded to the forbidden food. For instance, the Talmud says that even though pig is forbidden, there is a fish called shibuta. And that fish, the brain of that fish, or perhaps the marrow of that fish, has the taste of pork. Now, I know what's going on. You guys are immediately thinking, how do I get hold of some shibuta? So, Rav Yehuda Arya Leib says that the Midrash in Eicha says that when the Jewish people went into exile, the fish also went into exile with them. He's referring to the exile after the destruction of the first temple and the Jewish people were exiled to Babylon and there the fish of the Holy Land were also exiled. The Jewish people returned from that exile to build the second temple and the fish also returned with them. That is all except one fish, the shibuta, that tastes like pig. And this is what the Midrash means, that in the future, God will return, not the pig, but the taste of the pig, this shibuta fish that used to be the substitute for pork for those who wanted to have that taste. That shibuta fish will one day be part of our menu in the future. Rav Yehuda Aryaleib in his work, Leviat Chen Or Yekarot, which was published in Venice in 1742, concludes his explanation with two words. Vezeh Pashut. This is obvious. I love it when commentators tell you that something is obvious. If it's so obvious, then they probably didn't need to say it. But this comment really arouses the imagination because already in the first, at the beginning of the 18th century, Rav Yehuda Aryaleib is thinking about substitutes or what we would consider to be synthetic food. Food that is created to taste like another food. And according to Rav Yehuda Aryaleib, there's no problem with the taste of bacon. It is the pig itself that is forbidden. And according to Rav Yehuda Aryaleib, that pig will never be permitted. But its taste will be permitted. Now, before I conclude this episode, I want to reflect with you on the last two episodes, how we can see that the commentators, looking back at this tradition that the pig will one day be permitted, I think we can draw out three lessons. First, the scholars were clear that the Torah does not change. 
Sure, nature changes. They were willing to talk about, consider things like food substitutes or evolution of animals. But it was very important that the Torah itself would not change. Second, we can hear our predecessors grappling with the pig taboo. Now, according to Jewish law, the pig isn't any worse than other non-kosher animals. According to Jewish law, there's no difference between pork and kangaroo meat. And yet, according to Jewish law, L-O-R-E, not L-A-W, pig is much more severe than kangaroo meat. And you can hear them grappling with the notion of pig, this symbolic non-kosher food, could it one day be permitted? And this brings me to the third point that I draw from these commentators. What does the messianic era mean? Will it be set apart from our current existence? And in what way? Is it that things that are not kosher will one day be kosher? Or will we just be able to retrieve lost foods like the shibuta fish that tastes like pork? I think this is a fascinating journey and a fascinating collection of sources. And that's all for now. Until the next time, to the Beit Midrash! If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for all the episodes of The Magid of Melbourne Speaks. Thank you for listening.